Well, hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. And in today's episode, we have a great interview with one of the strongest women in the world, Rita West. She's one of the the best power lifters walking around right now. She's a pro bodybuilder, a gym owner from Syracuse, New York. She's registered a 705-pound squat, 445-pound bench press, 520-pound deadlift, and she competes in the 148 and 165 pound class. So it's just amazing the amount of weight she's lifting for a woman or a man or anybody. It's just amazing. She's just strong all around. Um, So we are quite honored to have uh, Rita here. She's one of my heroes, one of my wife's heroes, and uh, definitely my, uh, my four teenage girls have someone to look up to. Well, we want to welcome one of the strongest women, one of the best power lifters and a great bodybuilder in the world, Rita West. She's been competing for some time, setting all-time powerlifting records in multiple weight classes. She owns a gym in Syracuse, New York, and we want to welcome her to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's, uh, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, uh, you're, you're one of my heroes and definitely one of my wife's heroes. So she was very excited when I, when I said, I'm going to get Rita on and try to interview her here. So why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about, about yourself, how, where you grew up, how you got into powerlifting, and uh, how you got to where you are now? Um, well, actually, I'm kind of from all over the place. My, parent, my dad was military, so I was born in Idaho. I've lived all over the place. Um, uh, but I've been in New York for since I was in third grade, so I guess I've been here. You know, I've been in New York for a long time, and uh, um, I don't know. I didn't really do any much of anything physical through school or growing up. I ran track for a little bit, but uh, um, I started lifting weights when I was a teenager. I was actually um, I kind of got in some trouble, and so I was in an institution for a while, and uh, I just I got into lifting weights there because it was I could do it by myself. I didn't have to interact with anybody, and um, uh, then once I got out of there, I didn't do anything for a while. And then after having kids, I just kind of get it, got back into the lifting weights and that led me to, um, uh, doing some, I did, well, I first, I just did some cardio kickboxing to lose some weight, but that led me to boxing. So I boxed for a few years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And then, um, uh, then someone in my gym just suggested I go talk to this powerlifting family. And uh, just because I was strong, you know, strong for a girl. <laughs> so they suggested. <laughs> You're strong for anybody, and, uh, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was the McCaslins I went and talked to. And they threw me in a bench shirt the first time I went to see them. And I was hooked from there forever. <laughs> so, so your first heavy bench workout, powerlifting workout, they put you in equipment right away. Oh yeah, double stitched, uh, d- double grid st- or grid stitched across the chest, de- uh, denim inzer. Oh you know? my! And uh, I benched, uh, <laughs> I benched a whole 175 pounds in it, and I was super excited. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I remember my first bench press. I think it was something like 95 pounds. I was 14. It was like 1981 when I started competing. So. Yeah, that I was so excited uh, back then. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, 
so why don't you tell uh, some of the listeners like some of your best lifts um, and some of your best accomplishments in bodybuilding and powerlifting? Okay. Um, well, I mean, powerlifting uh, had, um, uh, I don't know, it had a lot of different goals. And so I kind of, I kind of came up in powerlifting kind of fast. There wasn't a whole lot of competition when I started powerlifting at first. And, um, you know, so federation records were falling pretty quick. And then I started noticing um, that I was climbing up in the rankings. So I guess some of the first things that really um, my, my, you know, my favorite accomplishments is a 300 pound bench, wow. which in, in, the, in the gym at the McCallum's, when um, we had a, they had a, a um, like a, a, what do you call it? A tradition where and it was guys that had done it before all that you know always done it before and uh when you got a certain benchmark bench they shaved your head they shaved your head right in the warm-up room and then if you had any more benches to do after that you had to go do it with your shaved head and they didn't you know shave it completely they just made it look rough you know and, and i wasn't letting anyone shave my head i thought about it but no one was shaving my head but what we did do is you know i kept my hair long and i used to wear it in braids and when I got my 300 pound bench, they cut my braids off in the warm up room. Wow. And uh, yeah, freaked a lot of people out, freaked me out. I mean, they handed it to me. I, you, they would have felt like I had, a, I was like holding my arms in my hand or something. But, uh, uh, but then I donated them to Locks of Love, you know. But anyway, so that 300 pound bench, that was a big deal. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my first, uh, my, I guess my favorite squat would be my first, uh, I don't know, the first raw squat, the first um, all-time record I took was a, a raw one, and um, I opened with the all-time record, it was 402, I opened with 405, and I wound up going to 470, wow. so that one, yeah, that's one of my favorites, that one was a raw one, the 470 was in wraps, but the I went up to 450 without wraps, and then, um, and then my, the first uh, equipped totals the the first equip records that i set that one was pretty cool too because louis simmons was there for it and and actually the records i took were amy's and she was there you know kind of and she, you know so it was it was cool to to you know be handed to like i don't know hand over those records get those records from the person right there supporting you and i hugged her and everything and it was you know that was cool Oh, that's, well, records are meant to be broken. That's the whole thing. And that's the one thing I do love about uh, equipped powerlifting is you even have your competition cheering you on to get the, the lift. And if they get that lift, they beat you. But they, a lot of times they're cheering you on the whole way through. It's a, yeah, not too many sports yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. So what about, uh, um, do you have any like favorite like deadlifts you like that you remember? Yeah, deadlift, I guess my favorite deadlift, because you know what, deadlift is not my thing. I guess it's, you know, it's good, but it's comparatively, it sucks, you know, um, <laughs> rank anywhere near with my other lifts rank, you know, and so my favorite deadlift would be, it was my first one over 500, okay. and I was not going to deadlift 500, because if you looked at the records, there was a whole cluster at 500, it was like, that was the goal, everyone got to 500, and so there was like five of them right there at 500, and so I wasn't touching 500, I went to 505, because I was either going over that cluster, or I wasn't getting it, I didn't care, and uh, so that was, that was my first 500 deadlift, it was 505, so that was my most, I think, my proudest deadlift. Oh, wow, wow. So can I ask you why you're like your 700 pound squat is not your favorite? I watched you do that in Michigan live. Why wasn't that your, uh, your favorite lift? The 705, that one was my, if I had to pick one lift to be my favorite, that was definitely the one. I okay. thought you asked about deadlift. 
Yeah, no, so my favorite one lift would be uh, that, that squat. And that be, that's really because, you know, I mean, I had been trying to get 700 for a long time. There's no reason I should, didn't, shouldn't have had it before then. But um, that one was kind of cool because the monolift didn't go low enough for me. And so I had, wow. to, I had to kind of like shrug as best I could. And they picked it up out of the arms and set it back down on my back. Oh, and wow. uh, so I don't know. I just I thought that was kind of a cool challenge to throw into my squat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's almost going back to the days of walkouts like we had to do. You just had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so can, you, uh, can you explain some of your, like your journey into bodybuilding? Um, I come from an era from the 1980s, early 1990s, where the bodybuilders and powerlifters trained together. Um, and you had strong bodybuilders and you had in-shape powerlifters. So it, when I started mm -hmm. coming back lifting a few years ago, I noticed there's a big separation now. So what made you decide to, to go into yeah. bodybuilding? Um, first of all, I only did it to, you know, be like, well, see, I can do this too. Oh, wow. And uh, okay. something I really wanted to do. I don't really like body, but I don't, it's not that I don't like body, but I don't like the dieting. I am not, okay. I am not a very nice person. And so that doesn't, that's a, that's hard for me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think that I have always traded, trained a little more like on the bodybuilder side. It's always been a, a mix of the two. I've always done very, very heavy weights, but I always did it for reps. They used to make fun of me. And I just happened to not care what you have to say. That was just the way I trained. I liked it. And, and so I think it went to um, me moving over. So by the time I tried power, the, the bodybuilding thing, I was just, I was already very muscular and I was like, what the heck, you know, I'll just go ahead and give it a try. And um, uh, the first show, you know, I made it through. Cause once you get, you know, I'm the kind of person that you get stuck on a path or whatever, you know, you get focused on it, you stick with it. It's not that it wasn't hard, but it was, that was what I wanted to do right then. And it was going to get done. And, um, and then the second show I did, so I didn't have any competition the first show, but um, it qualified me to go for the national show, and that one I got my pro card in. Oh. And it was only, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too hard to stick it out. It was just like a month later, so uh, then at that point, you know, I have wanted to try moving on, and it's not that, and I know that I happen to be muscularly gifted to be good to if I would stick to it it just had a lot of things going on lately and like I said it's not my love and so I have to really want to I really have to want to be focused to do it to be able to stick to it so let's talk about some of the things you have going on you have a new gym you want to talk about that and yes. uh, everything you put into that oh sure I um I uh, had owned another gym for a long time for about five years and me and the partner uh, just didn't uh, see eye to eye anymore and so I sold my half and um stay in city not too far away but this was just the first building that actually it's funny because the building was a piece of shit and but I saw a lot of potential in it and there was a lot of negotiations that went in with the owner about what he needed to do to get me to take it and um, you know so he put a new roof on all this kind of business and um, I put a lot of work and effort into it myself and it is coming together beautiful it's blood iron barbell and um, I'm actually uh, about 30 people away from capping my membership so it's you know, I'm keeping a smaller membership. Um, I think the, and definitely the environment for my old gym came with me. I have, a, you know, there's some people that came over and everyone that comes in, it's a very, um, a very family-like place. You know, it's just an environment where there's a lot of cool things going on. It doesn't matter if it's a big lift or 
you know, somebody's PR, PRing with 200 or someone's PRing with 700, it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, a lot of people are getting shit done in here and it's motivating for anybody else that like is like around it. And um, uh, so it's been doing really well. I'm about 30 people. I'm going to cap it, keep the membership small so we don't ever have to worry about it being crowded. You know, it's only the kind of people I want to have to deal with are allowed in and um, you know, other than that, you can come visit and, you know, join the waiting list if you want to, you know, but, uh, it's a really special environment. It is. Oh, fantastic. You know, those, those gyms are hard to find. We have one here in the twin cities. And as soon as this pandemic, you know, nonsense is over, I can't wait to get back into it, you know? Oh my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is that affecting you with a new gym and all that? Is this, is this really just, uh, putting you uh, in the vice or what? It has not been that bad yet. And I, uh, you know, I, the gym was doing well, so I had money in the bank. Um, and uh, I would, a good, a good couple handfuls of my members have asked me not to um, stop their payments. And so I've been very lucky to have that kind of support. And, um, and so I'm doing okay. You know, I'm still working on trying to get some of the financial aid that's out there just in case. So I have it in case it starts to get a little, um, you know, tight, but it's looking hope I'm got my fingers crossed. It's going to let up before I need to worry about that anyway. Uh, it hasn't been too bad. And in the downtime, I've been getting a lot of little things done that, um, I couldn't get done when people were in here all the time, you know, cause I kind of opened the gym up real fast. Okay. I wanted to, time that I moved from my last gym to this one I had to open fast to give the people that wanted to follow me a place to go and so there's been a lot like I had my locker rooms were still unpainted you know things like that so I've been getting uh, everything all nice and ready for when the members come back it's gonna be awesome spiffied up oh awesome awesome I'm gonna shift gears here I usually ask in uh, these interviews um, some of your own life philosophy questions so what are you what would you say is your biggest achievement in your life oh okay I know it's big. <laughs> it's a big question. Yeah, I, um, I'm not sure. You know, I have, um, I have had a very adventurous life that switched gears several times, you okay. know, and so um, there's been definitely been achieved. It's almost like I've had, you know, definitely had achievements in each um, path of life. And then, um, uh, then there was a turn and things started over again with something else, you know, so I think that if I had to say anything that my greatest achievement has been to, you know, just do what I wanted to do and not let myself ever be at the mercy of anybody else. And um, I've been successful in everything that I've achieved, you know, I've tried to do, I would say. Um, even when, you know, even though like, you know, the gym thing didn't work out with my first gym and that was kind of a very hard personal thing for me, but, um, that led me to this, which is a much better situation and probably more of what I was trying to do at that place that I never would have been able to anyway. So I would say, that's what I would say is everything that, I, that I've really tried to do has been, I've been able to be successful with. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I, me and Belinda have four teenage daughters and I'm, I'm going to play that. I'm going to clip that and play that for them over and over. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, what would you say if, let's say one of my daughters came up to you and was just starting powerlifting, what advice would you give a novice, a newbie, if they wanted to compete? Um, that, you know, first of all, uh, don't, um, be scared of the weights, mm. you know, um, 
I think that one of the one of the coolest things I ever learned was that um, uh, you know that the people above me that were lifting these weights that I could never have pictured I was um, I was going to lift uh, they were people just like me mm. and they all started somewhere and um, and you just got to keep you know you might you can have whatever big picture you want and I'll tell you what don't ever think it's too big but you're going to get there in the smaller steps. And so you just keep pushing forward and keep PR in and you just, you know, you'll move up and eventually you'll get wherever it is that you want to get. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Now, what advice would you give like an intermediate lifter, like someone who's won the state level, a local meet, they see you, they go to a national meet or a WPO and say, I want to be like Rita. What is it going to take for me to get to the next step? Um, definitely, uh, you start seeking out people better than you. There is, you have to be around people better than you because there's going to be little tricks of the trade. There's going to be things that people are going to see that you would never even thought of. Um, you can learn things from just about anybody. Don't just, you know, you know, don't, um, you know, just like, you know, give yourself to one method or person or coach or whatever, seek out anybody that you can, you can gain anything from, but you need to start finding out those little, those little tweaks that are going to make the bigger difference. Wow. That's great. That that's really great. Thank you for that. So who would you say, I mean, maybe just do a top five, but who are your heroes in lifting? My uh, first, Kara Behegan. And um, then, to be honest, it's funny because uh, I was always, I always looked up to, um, I didn't know much about her, but I always looked up to Beth Francis. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it turns out she, I didn't even know she went into bodybuilding when I first knew of her, it was just of her powerlifting career. And she kind of did the same thing I did. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. But uh, so Beth Francis. Amy Weisberger, definitely Laura Phelps. Laura Phelps has played a huge, huge part in my powerlifting life. And um, uh, and fifth, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of like, other places. I always say Layla, Layla Merck, oh, wow. because I think she's the coolest kid, you know. And she was, um, and the reason why I say her is because she uh, she was like one of my biggest fans always has been one of my biggest fans and she looked up to me and she would want to like put braids in her hair like I did and all this kind of stuff and she just made me feel cool that kid made me feel cool and I was just um so and she you know she was such a good lifter and I mean of course she had a great coach and her dad there but um and she impressed me she really impressed me and so I always I, she'll always be one of my favorite lifters oh that's wonderful that's wonderful so let's look at a, a day in the life of Rita West training day um, before all this nonsense pandemic started. What would a training day or week look like for you? What is what does your schedule look like? To be honest, right now, I mean, it's a little crazy because of um, I, I'm not really powerlifting and I'm not really bodybuilding right now. I just want to be big. Okay. And so actually started um, uh, training. I train in the morning. I get up, I get up about five o'clock in the morning. I would get up about five in the morning. I train um, just like a, a more of a bodybuilder-ish type uh, training day, five days a week. This happens and it overlaps with a second day that's more of a heavier powerlifting type of training um, later in the day. And that happens about five times. So there's two days a week where I only train once a day. Um, I'm not going to be able to keep that up forever, but that's something that I'm doing because uh, I kind of like, you know, my goal, my, my goal right now is I want to be 200 pounds lean. <laughs> and so um, I've been, <laughs> wow. Okay. A little extra. I would have been working a little 
little more than what I would typically suggest people do. Wow, that's fantastic goal. Now, is that for bodybuilding or is that just for you? That's just for me. That's just for, I've always wanted it. And like right now I'm kind of in limbo between the two things. And, and so that's just what I've been focusing on. So let, let's turn to powerlifting a little bit. What would the last few weeks say uh, back in June before, it, you know, in the nationals, what would your uh, last few weeks or months look like running up to a, a powerlifting meet? Um, those are kind of like beat up and sore. You know what I mean? Because okay. I do, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of what I call bulwark. And, you know, we, I work hard. The people I program for, I work them hard, work them hard. The last six weeks before a meet, backs, all, all of maxes are taken like early on in that period. So oh, wow. like on the okay. last week. And the rest of that time after that is a lot of um, like near maximal lifting, but basically being uh, comfortable with first and second attempts, doing them over and over, going maybe going a little heavier with assistance, like, a, you know, a reverse band or something like that. Um, really, really heavy accessories up until the last uh, three or four weeks. And then that starts to taper back too. So, um, so that, that way for me, at my level, uh, at my level, I would take the last two weeks off before a meet. And then at the level below me, you say intermediate and lower, I say have them take the last week off before a meet. And so um, it is, it's kind of like you're ready to be done <laughs> the last <laughs> month before a meet <laughs> for me. That, that's almost like programmed over training. And then when you back off, you get that, that rebound. So yes, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, this has been great. I don't do the long podcast like some of those guys up there. I just okay. do a small one. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on. In the last minute Absolutely. or two here, what, what, what would you say your overall life philosophy? Like, again, I can always use my teenage girls who look up to you. What would you tell them if you only had a minute or two to talk to them? Yes, I would say not to worry about what anybody else thinks of you because, you know, there's always going to be, someone's always going to have an opinion. You're going to have supporters. You're going to have people that think it's stupid. You're going to have people that think it's ugly. You're going to have people, whatever. So you are never going to make everybody else happy and you shouldn't care to make anybody else, everybody else happy. Be, you know, just do what you want to do. And if that means you have one person that you want to make happy and that's what you want to do, then there's nothing wrong with making that person happy. But do what you want to do you know make yourself happy do what makes you happy oh fantastic well thank you so much for joining the podcast and we will look forward to seeing you lift more weights in the future at 200 pounds ripped